Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Jeffrey from D23. I'm Zynga from ABC's On the Red Carpet. And I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And together, we are taking you Inside Disney. Hi, Zynga. Hey, Sherry, how are you? You know, doing well. Missing our pal Jeffrey again. He's still on his Disney cruise life. (laughs) Living his best life. I know I've been peeping his social media and it's fabulous. And we are jealous, but we are happy that he's getting the much deserved rest that he needs. And the much deserved chicken tenders. I don't think there's a single week we don't bring up the Disney Cruise Line chicken tenders, but it's somehow always relevant. So here we are. Always, always. (laughs) Well, Zynga, what have you been up to? Well, you know what, Sherry, I'm really excited because I had the chance to interview Tony Hale for ABC's On the Red Carpet (gasps) Storyteller Spotlight. Yes. Oh my God, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Love that guy. Yes. And he is so wonderful. And, you know, he's talking about season two of the Mysterious Benedict Society, which premieres this week. Yay. Wow. Exciting. Yes. Very exciting. So if y'all want to check that out, you can head over to onredcarpet.com slash storytellers. What about you, girl? Tell me. Definitely will. Okay. Well, last week, any other person who grew up with Bear in the Big Blue House knows this news. It's streaming on Disney Plus. I used to and still do, turns out, love that show when I was a little kid. Ah. So I watched the first episode that they have on Disney Plus. It's so good. I like specifically remember an episode when I was a kid when Bear comes up to the camera and he's sniffing and he's like, what's that smell? Do you have honeydew for breakfast? And I, at the time was probably five or six and I was eating honeydew at the time. Oh. And I, I was like, Bear, he knows. <laughs> you thought he was talking to you. He knew he was talking right to me, spoke to my heart. If anyone knows what episode number that is on Disney Plus, let me know because I would love to relive that <laughs> with a bowl of honeydew. <laughs> I love it. And speaking of exciting new things on Disney Plus, Hocus Pocus 2, the talk of the town. We've got Billy Butcherson himself, Doug Jones, coming up on the show. And Jeffrey was with us at the time when we interviewed him. So you'll get to hear all three of us reunited again. Plus Doug. Yes, good times. Good, good times. Well, let's get to all the news. There's so much happening this week. First up, Fantasmic. It's coming back to Disney's Hollywood Studios November 3rd. Guys, that is so soon. And it will return with a brand new show sequence featuring an Aladdin chase scene with stunts never before seen on the Fantasmic stage. A cool, powerful scene with Elsa set to the song, Show Yourself, and moments with Pocahontas, Moana, and Mulan. Uh, Yes, I am super jazzed to see this. Hopefully videos of it, but see it in person someday soon, hopefully. (laughs) That's fantastic. And the tale as old as time keeps adding more stars. That's right. Martin Short, Shania Twain, David Allen Greer, and more are set to join the cast of Beauty and the Beast, a 30th celebration, which is basically a two-hour reimagining of the classic Beauty and the Beast. And it's going to be filled in front of a live audience at Disney Studios. Cool. Right? I know, like, the Emmy Award-winning Martin Short will play Lumiere. David Allen Grew will play Cogsworth. And Shania Twain is going to be playing Mrs. Potts. Can you imagine? That's going to be amazing. Yep. That's incredible. And as you know, they're going to be joining the previously announced cast, the amazing recording artist, Her. 
who is set to start as mm-hmm. Belle. And we've got Gr- Josh Groban, who's set to play Beast. And we have to mention EGOT winner Rita Moreno, who will narrate the story. This all goes down Thursday, December 15th from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on ABC and on Disney Plus the next day. Yay! Yay! I can't believe we're talking about December news. That means the holidays are really, really basically here, which means it's time for Sherry's Holiday Corner. ABC has just announced movies, musicals, game shows, and more programming to round out the holiday season. There's a very long list, and believe me, I want to talk about each thing in detail, but I will try my best to get through it in a reasonable amount of time. Okay, November 16th, we've got Thanksgiving episodes of The Connors, The Goldbergs, and Home Economics. On November 22nd, Thanksgiving episode of The Rookie Feds. And on Sunday, November 27th, Mickey Saves Christmas. This is going to be simulcast on ABC, Disney Channel, Disney Junior, and Disney XD. You literally cannot miss it. This is a new stop motion holiday special. How cool is that? That is so awesome. Yes, I love a stop motion holiday special. I really do. And on that same day at 8 p.m., the wonderful world of Disney magical holiday celebration, a classic. Then on November 28th, the great Christmas light fight is back. Yes, season 10's premiere. But wait, there is so much more. We're still in November. (laughs) November 29th, Love Actually, 20 Years Later, a Diane Sawyer ABC News special. Yes, it is marking, of course, the 20th anniversary of the holiday classic that I truly adore so much. It's always part of my holiday slate. Let's get to December. December 1st, kick off the month with CMA Country Christmas. This is the 13th year of the TV special filmed in Nashville, featuring country music artists performing holiday classics. And on December 8th, The Wonderful World of Disney, Frozen 2. It's the broadcast premiere. Then December 14th, a very Backstreet holiday. That is right. This is the Backstreet Boys. And it is a new special. And they are singing songs from their brand new holiday album, Oh, love to see it. (laughs) Also on December 14th, Finding Harmony. This follows course director David Brown, who has brought together complete strangers and healed communities by asking them to simply join a chorus. EGOT winner John Legend is calling upon David to bring his magic to his hometown of Springfield, Ohio. Sounds very heartwarming and inspirational. Perfect for the holiday season. All right, let's fast forward to Christmas Eve, December 24th, the wonderful world of Disney Home Alone, a special Christmas Eve airing of the classic movie. And then Christmas Day itself, the Disney Parks Magical Christmas Day Parade. That's right. Keep an eye out for Yellow Gingerbread Man number three, my old pal, and everyone else. (laughs) And the fun doesn't stop there because on December 26th, check out the year 2022. This is the 12th consecutive annual two-hour year-end network special from ABC News, revisiting the top news stories, trends, and entertainment obsessions of the year. Then cap off the entire year, cap off the entire holiday season 
on December 31st, starting at 8 p.m. It's Dick Clark's New Year's Rocket yeah. Eve with Ryan Seacrest 2023. Woo! I mean, well, let's mm-hmm. just say it's going to be an entertaining rest of the year with all this great content and entertainment. Truly. So listen, Sherry, I, for this next news, Jeffrey better grab his passport because I know he's going to want to head <laughs> on this new cruise. Okay. So oh. Adventures by oh. Disney. <laughs> Adventures by Disney will be adding an Adriatic expedition cruise in the near future. It's set for 2024. The expedition cruise will take guests to Croatia and points along the beautiful Adriatic Sea with two departures that year and breathtaking views, historic sites, and naturally exquisite cuisine. Sherry, that's all you, girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm there. And you know what? There's so much of this goodness. You can head over to adventuresbydisney.com to find out more information. Woohoo! Well, in Marvel news, the first trailer, poster, and images for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania have been released. Yes, the film hits the big screen on February 17th, 2023, which is like right around the corner, the way time's going lately. (laughs) Literally like tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, basically. The film officially kicks off phase five of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and features Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne continuing their adventures as Ant-Man and the Wasp. Together with Hope's parents, the family finds themselves exploring the quantum realm, interacting with strange new creatures, and embarking on an adventure that puts them face-to-face with the newest villain of the multiverse saga, Kang. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> If they still need a score, Zynga and I are your gals. (laughs) (laughs) The trailer can now be seen on the Marvel Entertainment YouTube. Sherry, I just got the corniest line, but I had to say it. So are you ready for it? (laughs) I'm ready. I'm always ready for this. Okay. Well, if you're all ready to marvel at the wonder of Christmas, Disney Plus has debuted the trailer. (laughs) You like that? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Disney Plus has debuted the trailer of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And in this Marvel Studios special presentation, the Guardians are on a mission to make Christmas unforgettable for Peter Quill. So they head to Earth in search of the perfect gift, and you know that's going to be entertaining. And the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special will premiere on November 25th exclusively on Disney+. And you can see the trailer now on the Marvel Entertainment YouTube page. Nice. So, Well, speaking of things coming to Disney+, Disney Plus has released a trailer for Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Roderick Rules. This is an all-new animated movie based on the second book in Jeff Kinney's wildly popular book series. This premieres December 2nd on Disney+, and the trailer can now be seen on Walt Disney Studios' YouTube. This focuses on disaster-prone middle school student Greg, which, like, honestly, in my case, is redundant. (laughs) Uh, Greg's complicated relationship with his older brother, Roderick, who is a spiky-haired high school student. He's lazy, he's undisciplined, he spends way too much time practicing with his rock band, and although he loves to torment Greg, he ultimately might have a deep affection for his younger brother. So sweet. Aww, that's so sweet. Honestly, Mm -hmm. one of my favorites. My daughter's going to be so excited about this. Ah, amazing. (laughs) And there is some huge news for a TV series that is about to enter its 60th anniversary. 
That is a long time for a series. Oh. And yep. So Disney Plus will become the new global home for upcoming seasons of Doctor Who outside the UK and Ireland. Wow. That's amazing. What a great get. That's huge. Right. Huge. The BBC will air upcoming seasons in the UK and Ireland, and then the rest of the world will be able to see it on Disney Plus. Wow. Yep. And there's even a new Doctor Who logo that was unveiled to celebrate the new era. We global, baby. We global. <laughs> <laughs> And there's even more Disney Plus news. We just got a new poster for Elton John Live Farewell from Dodger Stadium. This will be exclusively streamed live on Disney Plus on November 20th. So this is your chance to get a front row seat to this global original concert event and witness the groundbreaking magic of the Rocket Man himself back at Dodger Stadium. It was 47 years ago that a Dodger Stadium concert helped launch him into global stardom. So full circle, the extraordinary night will also feature several yet to be announced big name artists who will honor the legendary megastar on stage. I'm sure as soon as we know who those folks are we will let you know the concert begins with countdown to elton john live from dodger stadium at 7 30 pacific 10 30 eastern nice mm-hmm. love that we can have our own front row seat from our couch watching it on disney plus oh, incredible the best. <laughs> the best right well you know what Cherry? this next announcement warmed my heart because i am all about social impact and entertainment and disney has announced a one million dollar multi-year grant to exceptional minds in support of inclusion and diversity in the entertainment industry so exceptional minds is a nonprofit creative arts academy for young adults on the autism spectrum and the commitment was announced at the decade of impact event celebrating the exceptional minds 10th anniversary which took place on the walt disney studios lot last week in burbank california mm. And the grant is part of Disney's Future Storytellers Initiatives, which is all about increasing careers and storytelling for historically underrepresented and marginalized communities. And I think it's important to note that people from the Academy have gone on to work for Marvel Studios. So fantastic. Wow. Incredible. Continuing on this Marvel goodness, let me tell you, new events, displays, food, and more are coming to Disneyland Resort to celebrate Black Panther Wakanda forever. This all kicks Woo-hoo. off. Isn't that awesome? I'm so excited because this all kicks off on the release date of Black Panther Wakanda forever, which I'm sure everybody knows is November 11th. <laughs> and this, <laughs> one, yeah. and this is going to go through January 8th, my birthday, 2023. Mark your calendars, y'all. <laughs> Ooh, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> and we mentioned previously that we're, you know, embark will be appearing Mm -hmm. there's some more great dates Mm -hmm. there's the the black panther celebration garden also on the adventures campus and that's going to honor the legacy of black panther in wakandan lore i'm all about that and sherry you're going to love this guests will also get to (gasps) taste wakanda inspired (gasps) delicacies flavors of wakanda marketplace and it's going to offer flavorful spice traditional african and wakanda inspired cuisine and you know what looking at this list it actually includes some parts of the cuisine that's from like west africa that i'm familiar with some of them include Ah, oh yeah oh yeah yeah some of them include peri peri chicken with yellow jollof fries Oh my goodness, jollof oh, rice. Oh, I love now, very, very chicken. Very, very chicken. But have you had the jollof rice? <laughs> I haven't. I oh, haven't. it's so good. It's really good. And then we have amazing beverages, peanut stew. There's a mafe peanut stew with sweet potatoes, tomatoes, mm. black eyed peas, just traditional foods that you would really see from the continent. And that is so 
great. So I will definitely be attending. And Sherry, I think you sh- we should go together. Oh my gosh, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'm down. And we'll bring Jeffrey along too, because he loves food. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> but now we get to move into something else that's fantastic, Sherry, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Five fantastic things to watch this weekend presented by State Farm. For complete details and listings, visit d23.com. And remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So Sherry, all the fantastic things to watch this weekend are actually all on Disney+. And we've got to start off, yes, with the Halloween classic Twitches with superstar Mm. twin sisters Tia and Tamara, one of my favorites. They're twin witches who were separated at birth. And it's just a great story all around. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Also, check out Don't Look Under the Bed, a spooky tale about a no-nonsense teen who refuses to believe in the supernatural until she is confronted with the boogeyman under her bed. (laughs) Ooh, that's always fun. And you know what? With the slim dating pool in LA, you got to keep your options open, kind of like the mom in this film. (laughs) So y'all can watch Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. I mean, talk about equal opportunity dater here. So the handsome kids, they have the major social (laughs) engagements planned, but they've all been grounded, so they're delighted when their mom gets a date with a vampire. <gasps> Exciting. <laughs> also, another Halloween fave of mine, Phantom of the Megaplex. Relive the story of Pete Riley, who works at the multiplex in his neighborhood. And this theater is going to host the premiere of a major motion picture. However, when the big night comes, Pete has to contend with disappearing staff, malfunctioning equipment, a broken popcorn machine. (laughs) It's great. I love this movie. And round out your weekend with Return to Halloween Town. Marnie is back at Halloween Town University, known to everyone as Witch U. And before you know it, she finds herself in some magical mischief and mayhem, per Marnie usual. (laughs) (laughs) On to our guest who first put a spell on us in 1993 when he appeared as our favorite zombie ever, Billy Butcherson in Hocus Pocus. Since then, for Disney, he's appeared on ABC's The Neighbors, DuckTales, The Shape of Water, and as the Baron on What We Do in the Shadows. And he is back as Billy in the hilarious Hocus Pocus 2, now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Please welcome to the show, Doug Jones. Yay, welcome, Doug. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Boy, that's quite an introduction. You know, you don't realize how wide the Disney reach is. That's a lot of productions, (laughs) yeah. Yes, we love doing the intros because it's sometimes people are like, wow, I have done a lot for Disney. Didn't realize (laughs) that. (laughs) Well, first up, you are just back. Back from Salem, Massachusetts, where you appeared at D23's Hocus Pocus event. What was that experience like? The pictures, the social, it all looked amazing. It was amazing. We did two screenings for your D23 Gold members during the day. We also did a charity screening for some children's charities in Salem that yeah. afternoon. That night, Saturday night, was the Black Flame Ball, where all the D23 people came. And that was a costume party that kind of matched and felt like the costume party in Hocus Pocus 1. It was even in in a similar type building with a ballroom, and it was quite lovely. And then the next night was a free screening out in the public common area, huge park in the middle of Salem. It was actually the park in Hocus Pocus 1 where Allison hands Max his phone number back outside the high school and then walks away with the ball. We were in that same spot with a big inflatable screen. Thousand people showed up for this nighttime screening. It was an absolute ball to be in Salem where it all goes down. What was it like to be 
back because i imagine you were there for at least some of the filming of the original actually guess what no i was not oh i know i know in the first movie salem was the backdrop for all of the exterior shooting so all of the exterior max and danny's house and allison's house and the town hall and the cemetery when the bullies met max Mm -hmm. yeah and like Mm -hmm. i said the common area outside the high school but all my stuff was on a soundstage or on the back lot at Disney oh, in, uh, in Burbank, oh. California. <laughs> yeah. wow, wow, movie magic. Yeah. And, is... and then Hocus Pocus 2, we filmed in Providence and Newport, Rhode Island. So, you know, similar kind of East Coast vibe and look. Mm. So I had never been to Salem before. So it was great to visit the homeland that I <laughs> had pretended to be in before. <laughs> yes, yes. Do you have one vivid memory that makes you smile from making the first film? Oh, Oh God, just, that was early in my career. So the entire thing was nothing but vivid memories. You know, <laughs> the, the one movie I'd done before that was Batman Returns. And that was my first time having my name in the main titles of a movie. But the big deal for me was I was such a screaming fan of Bette Midler's uh-huh. before this. On my way to work, my first night, it was a night shoot outdoors the first night for a scene that was actually cut out of the movie. The witches and I were reconnoitering in a public park Bette Miller got this far from my face and, and it was, you know, spitting out, you know, uh, unseemly things at me. And then Sarah was right there and I kind of like ended up over her like stroking her hair. All that scene's gone now, unfortunately. <laughs> but on the way to work that night, I just had my radio going and who sings from a distance but Bette Midler on my radio. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to go meet her. <laughs> ah! <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then meeting her and filming with her. It was just like, I couldn't believe I was in her presence, but she looked so goofy that I got the giggles and I couldn't stop because she had you know, <laughs> teeth, tiny little lips painted on, no eyebrows, big red hair. It was like, yeah, yeah, but we had such a lovely night and we got along really well. On my drive home, I heard the wind beneath my wings on the radio sung by that. No like, oh my gosh, what? she's huge. <laughs> wow. She's everywhere. She was stalking you actually. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Well, beyond your encounters with Bette Midler, the film has become a massive fan favorite over the years. Do you have a particularly memorable fan encounter that you can share on a Disney podcast? No, gosh. Yeah, I would say the first time I saw a Billy Butcherson cosplayer. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, I was at a convention called Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia. And this would have been maybe like 2010 or 09, maybe. It's been many years ago. And I'd never seen anyone attempt that makeup and costume before, but here comes this spitting image of me, a tall, skinny guy (laughs) that had a professional makeup artist do him up. And it was like, okay, that's a photo op I must have. So since then, of course, Billy has been cosplayed many, many times. And now to the point where now it's like, I'm tagged in countless photos every Halloween from parties (laughs) and costume and trick-or-treating and whatever else, adults and kids alike, male, female alike, you know, everyone's dressing up as Billy. Along with the Sanderson sisters, also male, female alike, kids, adults, <laughs> we've become a cosplay go-to. That is yeah. in itself the hugest compliment that you can get when something you've done inspires people to want to invest that kind of time and money and effort into making themselves look like you. Amazing. Amazing. The fans, they were clamoring for a sequel for years. We know there were some rumors about it, but what was your reaction when you first heard one was really happening? Right. I'd been abreast of all those rumors and rumblings since the 20 year anniversary screening we had at the Disney lot. 
which is nine years ago. That's the first time I heard like, hey, a sequel might be in the works. And then it was like fan rumors from there, people creating posters, great mm-hmm. Photoshop skills that look like official posters, but mm, I hadn't heard <laughs> that, right? So that's been going on forever. And then finally, when I got the phone call from producer Ralph Winter, it's like, okay, now that's a name I remember from the first movie. And he's a friend of mine. We, we also did the uh, Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer together. Oh. Another Disney product that now that oh, they're yeah. yes. So I have history with with Ralph. And when he called, it's like, okay, this could be the one. And he told me that we're back on. You're in the script. They want you back. I've said my first comment was it's about time. (laughs) (laughs) And then my next comment was, yes, haven't seen a script. Don't know the story, but yes, (laughs) especially hearing that the the three ladies were back for sure. That was a no brainer. Love that Billy has a deeper role in the film this time. Did you have a favorite scene to film? For some reason, I liked the matching wake-up scenes in both movies coming out of the grave very much the same in both times. Both times, like, surprised to him he's waking up again and, like, looking at like, oh, crap, this again? <laughs> that was kind of fun for me. Any of the scenes I had with Sam Richardson were golden. Camaraderie, buddy film going off <laughs> on the side. Uh, he was an absolute joy and delight to work with. So that whole scene where, where he's, you know, summoned me back to life with the shovel... And it turns out I was never really put all the way back to sleep. I've been kind of awake this whole time, that whole exposition. And then getting to say in that scene uh, where he says, you know, he calls me Winifred's lover. And I'm like, wait a second. Right? <laughs> and that's when, when Billy starts to set the record straight. I say, we shared one kiss. <laughs> I, I loved being able to peel back that layer of the onion that exposes like there was more history than we knew from the first movie. It was a casual one kiss thing that shouldn't have happened in those Puritan days anyway. I'm kind of ashamed about it. And it was with Winifred, who I'm not attracted to. So it just, you know, he's been carrying that around for 329 years, you know? (laughs) So so it's nice to finally get that off his chest. Yeah. (laughs) Well, between you and Sam Richardson and honestly the whole cast, the movie is so funny. Was it just as fun when the cameras weren't rolling? Absolutely. Oh my gosh, yes. Again, Sam Richardson and I never stopped giggling all day long, exchanging (laughs) funny bits back and forth or, you know, but also let's get back to Bette Midler, if I may. Of course. Please. Bring it back to Disney legend, Bette Midler. Right. And this is another reason for my fandom, not only her music that I followed and her concert video footage from my my college days, but every string of down and out in Beverly Hills, ruthless people, outrageous fortune, big business, beaches for crying out loud. She did one hit after another. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway. anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So when we did the first movie, I was early in my career and I'm working with these huge stars and Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy and Jimmy fans of theirs too, but for years before this. So working with all of them was just like, I'm gobsmacked to be in their presence. Now, 29 years later, a lot of life, a lot of careers happened for me as well. So I came back thinking like, maybe I can be a peer this time. You know, maybe I'm one of them. I still slobbered as a fanboy. No, <laughs> but, but we did have more peer-like interaction, which was really, really sweet. And Bet Midler, we were between takes on one shot in that forest scene near the end. And she just started singing a random Broadway tune of some sort that I didn't recognize, but she was swaying back and forth while she sang it. I walked up to her and started swaying with her. And then she grabs me and we start dancing while she's singing. <sighs> oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, what it, a that's dream. Any, 
any slobbering fan of the Divine Miss M, that is a dream come true. <laughs> indeed, <laughs> indeed. All right, you've spoken a lot about the films over the years, a lot. You've been interviewed a ton. Is there one thing you've never been asked about one of the movies that you've always wanted to share? Oh my gosh. Ah, I have not addressed this issue yet. Yes. Okay. Some of the fan talk back and comments on social media posts have included, what happened to your voice? Some people are not remembering from the first movie to the second movie that I had sort of a Cockney British accent because I've been getting comments like, why do you sound like you're from Great Britain? What are you channeling, you know, uh, a Jack Sparrow? Like, okay, no, 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 no. I was around before Jack Sparrow. So <laughs> I established Billy, and this is something Kenny Ortega and I had talked about when I finally cut my mouth open in the first movie, spit out the dust in the moths, which I've talked about ad nauseum. Then, <laughs> and the voice that came out of me was gravelly because, you know, it's 300 years old, been in a grave. I'm tied together with dust anyway. So why shouldn't I sound like this? You know, uh, but I gave him more of a British accent. I only had four lines in the first movie. So you didn't really have time to detect much of an accent. Whereas now in part two, I talked throughout the entire film. So everyone's kind of going, huh, is that British I'm hearing? So we established that in the first one. I just kind of came out with that sound and Kenny Ortega liked it because he thought, you know, maybe Billy's backstory involved that I was a later, you know, immigrant to the U.S. Mm. Easter coast. I mean, in my family came, maybe I was a first generation from uh, England and never lost my accent or something. So anyway, it, he loved it. I loved it. So we kept it. And then now in part two, a lot of the fans forgot it <laughs> or, or never really detected it from the first one. So I would love to address that right now for anyone asking, like, you know, did they change your voice? Did they tell you to change it? No, there was no change of voice. There was just more voice. Oh. So you were able to, to detect more of an accent this time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for clarifying. Mystery solved. Yeah, there you go. And thank you for asking. That's one thing I hadn't talked about until just now. While it looks like Billy and the sisters end up in a better place at the end of the film, would you ever come back for Hocus Pocus 3? Right. Well, the, the end of Hocus Pocus 2 has a sense of finality for the witches and me, doesn't it? No. But kind of so did the first one. So, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. There's no telling. And of course, the Hocus Pocus 3 question has come up a lot from both journalists and fans alike. So that means that, like, if they want more there's always a way to make more, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, this is this is above my pay grade as a decision. I'm not that decision maker for sure. But if I got another phone call like that saying, hey, there's a script, you're in it, do you want to come back? My answer would be a big fat yes. Woohoo! Ah, great to know. Okay, so 29 years after the first one, was it any easier to put on all of the makeup and the prosthetics? What was the process like 29 years later? <laughs> Advances in that industry uh, are basically types of glue, types of product, but you're still gluing something onto someone's face. It takes the time that it takes. So it was still a mm -hmm. two hour process, but that's really light and easy as far as prosthetic makeups go or creature makeups go. Because most of the work is done, not most, but a lot of the work is done ahead of time. Weeks beforehand, the prosthetic pieces are sculpted, molded, painted, and then getting it onto me is the last step with wonderful artists on both ends of this process. Tony ah. Gardner was my main makeup artist who did my makeup with Margaret Prentice, the two of them, in the first movie. In the second movie, Tony Gardner was back again with his Altarian Studios creating those pieces all over again, looking exactly like the first time. Wow. And he was assisted by uh, Tom Flouts, another makeup artist I've worked with on many things over the years, including the Silver Surfer. Oh, wow. My wig, 
it has not advanced 29 years because it's the same exact wig that I wore in the first movie. Oh, wow. Uh, no way. It's been living at David Kirshner's home museum. David Kirshner being one of our writer producers from the first film and the what? second. He has a life-size mannequin of Billy Butcherson in his home museum. And they took the <laughs> wig off of it and put it back on me. It didn't even need teasing. It was ready to go. Oh, that's so wow. cool. There's a lot to unpack there. But <laughs> speaking of makeup, uh, last season on What We Do in the Shadows, the Baron returned to his human appearing form for Nandor's wedding. What was it like to play the character without all the prosthetics? Oh, my goodness. The writers gave me such a gift by doing that. <laughs> I was terrified at first, but then it was like, oh, this is way better. I established the persona and the character of, of Baron Afanas as this, you know, crinkly looking Nosferatu-y kind of character with pointy ears and scraggly cheekbony, you know, wrinkled skin. And he looks kind of hideous, but he thinks he's fabulous. So that was kind of the, <laughs> his thing. Then, oh, then I burned up in the sunshine in season one. And, and they, while they were burying me, I broke in half. So I was revived in season three as half a person with, you know, one arm and no legs and crispy looking as though I'd been deep fried. Well, then magically getting returned to my youthful self that we've never seen before with all my arms and legs back and no wrinkly skin, no pointy ears, just a, this, what was supposed to be a beautiful vampire with a long blonde wig. I'm like, wait, that's 62 year old Doug Jones in a long blonde wig. I'm like, so that, my first feeling was, this is, uh, I hope I can pull this look off. I hope the fans buy this, you know, because all the dialogue around me was like, oh, he's still got it. He's so hot. <laughs> which is hilarious because they're looking at this but being in the makeup trailer for seven minutes as opposed to two hours was like or four hours three hours i think on that oh. one was quite a gift for sure <laughs> and if the baron should return in season five of what we do in the shadows he's still going to be me with a wig on and, and i i'm very happy about that process I, it's nice to flex all of all of that is this now <laughs> can you tease anything about baron's return in season five there's not much to tease, really. I'm a part of the family. As we saw at the end of season three, I was at the sire and I and the hellhound were all part of the big family portrait being mm -hmm. painted. So they're keeping me in, in the storyline, which is very sweet. And um, now that I'm returned to my former glory, I'm still still living out in the farmhouse with the sire and the, and the hellhound. And we're just going to see how life is progressing for him and how he feels about that. Oh, wow. Worry. Amazing. Okay, well, we know you also played the amphibian man in The Shape of Water, yes. which, yes, is part of the Disney family, thanks to 20th Century Studios. Yeah. The Walt Disney Archives even displayed some of your costume at a recent exhibit. Do you have a favorite memory from making that film? Uh, well, anytime I'm working with Guillermo del Toro, the brilliant director and writer that he is, uh, is a gift. And that was my sixth film with him. Mm. So wow. I was also a recurring guest on his TV series, The Strain, which all the FX channel, part of the Disney uh -huh. family. So, so we've been through a lot together. So working with him and his genius and having him turn me back into a fish man again, which I'd done before in the Hellboy movies. But here I was now being a fish man, but I was the romantic leading man of the movie and working with the brilliant and talented Sally Hawkins. Mm -hmm. Being her love interest in this film was a gift that any actor would just pray for. So I was tickled pink to be working with Guillermo and Sally in this story that involved 1962 history and some social issues and some, you know, uh, hijinks. And but most important to me, the romance story that was a, it, I'm a romantic at heart. And so getting to play 
got a romantic storyline as a fish man was just like a that was kind of a dream come true and then being on the cover of the movie having a monster as the poster boy of a movie that wins best picture at the oscars along mm -hmm. with its other 13 nominations and it was one of four wins including best director for guillermo del toro that was a rarity for that to happen so that whole movie and, and the entire run of it is is one big happy memory mm. wow Okay, switching gears. You also did one episode of DuckTales as a were-duck demonic clown. How did that come about? Yeah, I wasn't even sure how that came about. I, just, <laughs> I, I, got a, uh, I got a call from my voice agent saying, hey, they want your voice in DuckTales. It's a Halloween episode. I'm like, well, that makes sense. But then I saw that the list they had. They also had one of my Hellvoice co-stars, Selma Blair, was in it as well. Yeah. In fact, she was the, the witchy voice that was I, where the were duck and the witch were all in scenes together. But, you know, when you're doing voice work, you're, you're in a booth by yourself and they patch it all together later. So uh, I wasn't aware that Selma was in it until I saw it on, on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Great fun. Huh. Well, we could talk to you all day, but we are at the end. We know we give you some time back in your life. <laughs> we ask everyone this question at the end of our interviews. What is your favorite? Disney memory? My favorite Disney memory, I'm going to go all the way back to when I was about six years old in the movie theater watching Mary Poppins. I'm that old. Yes. Mary Poppins was in the theater when I was alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then going home and I just, it was magical. I wanted a, a, a nanny to fly into my house and do all the magical things that Mary Poppins did. Yeah. And uh, I even tried to clean up my room the way that, that she had the kids like magically their clothes are flying back into drawers and things. I thought, well, that would be really easy, wouldn't it? So I remember actually <laughs> trying it. That's the magic of a movie when you can take home the world of possibility, right? Mm -hmm. Mary, Mary Poppins did that for me early on. Oh, I love that. And I love that movie. Me too. I, Doug, thank you so much. Congratulations on Hocus Pocus 2, on what we do in the shadows, on essentially everything. We, we cannot wait to see what's next. Thanks for spending some time yes. with us. Yes, and fingers crossed for Hocus Pocus 3. Well, okay, here goes. <laughs> <laughs> the return of Billy. Thank you so much for finding me a worthy subject today, too. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, Take thank Thanks. you. Thanks so much. Wow, Doug Jones. Is there anything he, like, hasn't been in i was yes. so excited like, like the longer the went on the more he revealed what else he's in well i know what a great career seriously that's such a nice guy so mm -hmm. cool well thanks again for listening to d23 inside disney don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe and if you want to chat with us hashtag d23 inside disney and for all the latest disney info check out d23.com We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.